0: This is Suzanne Cosgrove, reporting for John Lothian News. Voters are confronted with an array of choices this election season, and in five states, that includes deciding whether or not to legalize marijuana. This afternoon, we'll talk with Carrie Jordan, co-founder and managing partner of the consultancy, Supercritical, about the likelihood of these states legalizing cannabis. We'll also look at the results for a number of key congressional and gubernatorial races and see what they have to offer in terms of moving stalled cannabis-related legislation forward. Welcome. Thanks,
1: Susanne. It's great to be here with you today.
0: So it's Arizona, Montana, South Dakota, and New Jersey that have legalization of recreational marijuana on the ballot. And then Mississippi is set to consider a ballot initiative to legalize medical marijuana. So can you talk about these ballot measures and maybe provide some snapshots on what they look like for each state?
1: Definitely. The ones to watch are Arizona and New Jersey, in my opinion. Arizona is... Population of about seven and a half million. And projected sales for the first year, once it goes adult use, would be about 400 million, gearing up to about 800 million over the next four years. And so this initiative, which is on the ballot, is to legalize and put forward a regulated commercial adult use program. And it has already Issued about 130 vertical medical marijuana licenses to companies that would be eligible to receive the recreational licenses as long as their current licenses are in good standing. So there's lots of opportunity for those. And then in addition, they're going to have 26 social equity applications available. So these licenses would be similar to those that we had here in the state of Illinois. The real attraction here for the state is the 16% tax that would be applied to the retail sale of adult-use products. In Mississippi, that initiative also is to, is to legalize uh, medical marijuana through the constitutional amendment, much smaller in scope. Um, they're projecting the first-year sales to be about $250 million. Of course, their population is much smaller on just approaching 3 million, but this would be strictly for medical marijuana. In Montana, which would be uh, also a ballot initiative for the legalization of a commercial rec program, the projected revenue for that for 2020 is about 75 million, and their population is about million. The tax rate on those products would be at about 20% for the retail sales tax. And what's interesting on that is that um, existing operators would get the first entry into the adult use market for a period of 12 months. And then after that, they would open it up. And they're also going to have processing licenses and dispensary licenses, as well as transport. Now, New Jersey, to me, is one of the most interesting because what happens in New Jersey is going to really set the tone for and, you know, have a cascading effect for the eastern seaboard, especially in states like New York, Connecticut, Pennsylvania. So New Jersey, uh, with a population of about 9 million, is projecting first-year sales of adult use in the $4 million range, and then going out over the next four, going up to almost a billion, topping out uh, somewhere around 950 million, their expectations are. And for this, I'm really interested to see how it goes because the municipalities could also put an additional 2% retail tax on the adult use. And that's going to be on top of the six and and seven sales tax that they have on the adult use products. Right now, there are 12 medical marijuana licenses in the state and the plan for the current plan anyways to add an additional 24 on the medical side. And then we have South Dakota also voting on November 3rd for legalization of recreational use. There's a much smaller initiative. Uh, first year sales are projected to at around 2 million, going up to about 12 million over the next four years. And of course, their population is much smaller than the others. I'm not even approaching 1 million. I think they've got about 850,000 or so Mm -hmm. residents. But all in all, it's going to be really interesting to watch because I think it's definitely going to set the tone for other states that are thinking about it over the next four years.
0: A lot of money is at stake here. That's very apparent from your analysis
1: so many of these states have budget shortfalls because of the pandemic and i'm thinking that you're going likely to see more people voting yes because they want to uh, help with the revenue generation potential of legal cannabis markets
0: what about the gubernatorial races The vermont and new hampshire that are kind of key right
1: Yes, they're very interesting. Um, I'm from New England, so I definitely have an interest in uh, what goes on in those New England states. But in Vermont, you've got a Republican governor who is interested in promoting it, but he also has an interest in authorizing roadside saliva tests for cannabis consumption, which many in the state are against. They're saying those that are opposing that saliva test are saying that very specifically, it should not be roadside testing. But if they wanted to perform the test, they'd have to do it through a warrant. So that race is particularly interesting. The opponent is uh, David Zuckerman, who's a Democratic. And he has been very, very, very right. vocal about his pro cannabis support. And that has been one of his running platforms. And then in New Hampshire, the other race where you have uh, an incumbent Chris Sununu, who's a Republican, who in the past has signed a few pro-cannabis bills, um, but he he really is opposed to legalization at the federal level, and he's not terribly pro-cannabis. And the person that's running against him, Dan Feltis, is definitely um, pro-cannabis. And so the way that these have their they're going to be critically important for the states to decide whether or not they're going to go full adult use.
0: What about Congress? That's, that's going to be also extremely interesting. How are the congressional races shaping up? Which one in particular are you looking at?
1: So well, for me, what's really interesting um, about the congressional seats is that this is going to play into a lot of the legislation that affects all of us, whether we're in that state or not, primarily because of who controls the banking committee for the SAFE Act. So right now, five of the senators that are on the Senate Banking Committee are defending their seats in in current races. Three of them are Republicans from Arizona, Georgia, and North Carolina. And two are democrats from minnesota and of of these we really need to get the pro marijuana to support to get those legislation passed and then when we take a look very specifically at the senate seats right now republicans control the senate 53 to 47 and 35 seats up for grabs so 23 of the incumbents are republican senators And 13 of those 23 are in competitive races. And on the Democrat side, 12 of the incumbents are up for re-election, but only two of those seats are contested. So I think any situation where you can get a Democrat-controlled Legislature, it's going to be good for us. For, I shouldn't say it's going to be good for cannabis, uh, for things like the Safe Act, for the States Act, and for the More Act, and also for 280e Tax Code. So lots of uh, interesting things there. I think some of the the most interesting ones to watch will be in Alabama, Arizona, North Carolina, in Georgia, Maine, Texas. Uh, especially, and then South Carolina, especially, where Lindsey Graham is running against Jamie Harrison. And uh, Lindsey Graham has been vehemently opposed to marijuana reform, where Harrison is, is much more progressive.
0: So beyond Election Day, let's talk a little bit about a few of the things you just mentioned. Um, for example, what are the chances of passage of bills like the Moore Act, which decriminalizes cannabis. The House was uh, slated to vote on the act this fall, but the vote was postponed until after the election. So that's going to be on the docket, right?
1: Right, so for the Moore Act and for the States Act and for Issues related to descheduling marijuana, those would get more support from Democrats coming into those new seats and getting Democrats onto the committees that are sponsoring the bills or that will be leading the discussion. Um, so, for example, with the 280E reform, so there's a provision in the tax code that prohibits standard business deductions by companies that they say traffic in federally illegal drugs, and that includes marijuana. And likely when you have a new, uh, a change of party in the White House, the White House, the staff will come in and they'll want to redo, revamp the tax code. So if the Democrats come into the White House, 280E is definitely going to be on the chopping block in my opinion. And this would be really beneficial to marijuana businesses because they're right now not able to take advantage of a lot of those deductions that a normal business otherwise is. And then with specific to the States Act, um, which gives individual state control of whether or not to legalize marijuana, this too could make it possible to get um, a 280E carve out for marijuana businesses, so that would be another way to get around that, um, to get 280E to eliminated.
0: I know the Safe Banking Act has been stuck in the Senate now, and they keep trying to push it through, and that's really a, a matter of getting businesses access to financial services, businesses who are cannabis-related, and also because of all the cash that it's being transferred from one hand to another when when preference would be definitely uh, a more standard bank, banking procedure.
1: Yeah, this one is interesting too, because for me, it's, it's more about who's on the Senate Banking Committee. And if we're able to get democratic control of the Banking Committee, then there is likely that the plan would pass. It's st- it's stalled right now in committee because it's Republican controlled and those that are making those decisions are not as progressive in terms of marijuana legalization. So if we do get a change of control we are more likely to see financial institutions being able to serve cannabis-related businesses without fear of federal punishment. So that would be huge for us. And also um, Kamala Harris was one of the sponsors of the SAFE Act. So if we get uh, a Biden-Harris in the White House, it's highly likely that we'll be able to see some momentum there, which would be great for businesses
0: in cannabis. The House already passed the Act, right? That's correct. So so it really is a uh, Senate situation. Is there anything else that you're looking at here?
1: So those are the main races that we're interested in. And we are also just really excited that we'll be able to push forward and have some real change take place. Right now, we've got 33 states that have either um, medical and or adult use. I'd love to see that continue to grow. I think that the industry continues to get more professionalized and get stronger each time. As we've seen here in Illinois, the sales numbers have been outstanding. The tax revenues will continue to grow. So I'm really excited that we'll have continued progress. And I'm looking forward to see how some of these uh, contested races, both in the gubernatorial races, as well as in the Senate, where they land and hopefully get this legislation passed.
0: Thank you so much for your perspective. It's always great to speak with you. Thanks so much for having me on the show today,
1: Suzanne. I appreciate it. It's great speaking with you.
0: This is Suzanne Cosgrove signing off for John Lothian News.